welcome to episode two of Droning On with Echo Grid. My name is the titular Echo Grid, and today I'm presenting an interview with my friend Kamal Manzar, a music producer from the greater London area in the UK, who mainly makes ambient and downtempo music. We have known each other for a couple of years at this point, um, met up when I was in, uh, in London last year in October, and spoke at length about music and the music production process over uh, some very good sushi somewhere. And I thought when I started this podcast that he would be a great guest to talk about his art and his craft because I'm personally uh, a big fan of his music. Uh, I'm always looking forward to new tracks that he releases. And it's been, uh, honestly, it's been very fun to sit down with him and chat about ambient music, which uh, is a genre that even though it is very omnipresent, uh, quite often gets forgotten about and not a lot of people would consider themselves like ambient fans or something like that. So it was just nice to sit down with somebody else who has the exact same love for the genre as I have. And uh, I, I hope that you will enjoy uh, the hour and a half that we uh, we spoke about pretty much anything related to music and even some things that are not at all related to music. So yeah, without any further ado, here is my interview with Zar. Um, we're going to talk about music a lot at, at some point, yep. but I, I'm in the unique position of talking to someone who's also a health professional in an ongoing pandemic. So if you will allow me, I would, um, I would like to know what that's been, been like for you as someone who has been working on the front lines of all this stuff. Sure. I'll try to give my, my own sort of uh, experience of it. Um, for most people, I'd say it's been generally the similar kind of uh experience but i guess depending on the setting that you work in uh it, it's variable so i mean i don't want to give blanket answers to everyone but yeah i'll try to give my own sort of uh as i say experience because you you work in a in a hospital right? that's correct yeah yeah i do yeah as a as a doctor that's right that's my that's my job me and my profession yeah yeah so you've been like pretty much at the forefront of all this from the moment it started, you sort of saw the wave coming, yeah. I guess, and now you've been sort of the the caretaker <laughs> of trying to prevent the second <laughs> wave from happening. I guess I, in some respects, yeah. Um, we it's difficult because that like a lot of we don't really understand exactly how to best combat it, especially in uh like i work in something known as a district general hospital which is isn't it's not it's not like a big teaching hospital you know you kind of the information kind of like you know comes down to us and we 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 sort of fight fires in in, in that respect as opposed to being at the forefront of it so mm-hmm. um yeah it's been interesting working in a in a in a hospital that's not not like you know a big a big center um and it's you know it kind of you have to react to it but um, I think as with most most hospitals in the country, you, you're acting a little bit too late and you're often, see, you're often changing the way the hospital functions maybe a week or two post a big kind of like spike or a big peak yeah. in your region. So yeah, it's been, it's been tough. Um, moved around all different wards, all different ways the hospital tried to run. Um, been pre- pretty draining. Uh, again, not unique to me for... for for all healthcare professionals, um, I would say. But yeah, I guess I have worked on what you would call a coronavirus ward um, yeah. for periods of time. Um, 
uh, and it's been yeah pretty pretty demoralizing overall I would say um, on the background of already a quite fraught healthcare system uh, in the UK but yeah uh, yeah I, I guess it could even be uh, a bit scarier for somebody like you who actually works in a hospital and a bit more lonely as well because there's like a sort of extra weight to staying away from people for you outside of your your job so I'd, I'd assume you'd see your friends and family even less because you're in contact with people who are actually in hospital suffering from the virus now yeah um so current right right now um as it stands um i've been working on a ward that actually is what we call a clean ward so there is no coronavirus on that ward as much as you can possibly keep it off like people are swabbed now routinely it's like day one four and seven if they're in the hospital for more you know for more than seven days um Mm -hmm. but yeah so but during the kind of like peak march april time may even um yeah i was literally getting up going to work coming home and and that was it we were lockdown was in much more was like much more um tight at that point so Mm. you know we weren't really allowed to go out and see anyone anyway but i was very i was a bit like oh i don't really want to you know it could just be lurking in you (laughs) i could be asymptomatic you know so yeah i was a bit more um at the time at which we all needed more kind of like uh ways to blow off steam it was the time which we couldn't do it it was really that is the thing that i think i found the most tough actually um and you know music helps me in that respect and as we come on to talk about it um i can talk about my experiences with with how i use music to kind of like cope i guess i guess that would that would have been my next question after the segue that you have so handily presented to me already making my job as the host very easy (laughs) i'd say that you know pre-pandemic times and which is a phrase that I thought I would never, ever use in my life, ever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is just, I mean, I'm still, you know, struggling to get my head around that this is actually happening. And it's, it's, it's strange because, like, everyone is so connected. Just you can talk to anyone in the world on your phone or with an internet, with a moderately stable internet connection. You can do anything, basically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we are in two different countries, yet we have been in contact quite a lot. Yeah, exactly. Since, since um, all this started, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah we we can't physically see the people that we would normally see it's 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 such a juxtaposition to me so like you know we, i can just phone up anyone or skype anyone or whatever but i can't just like go down the road and see my friends <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's yeah. such a strange thing um but anyway to talk about the music stuff um so yeah pre pre before my tangential uh offshoot of that um <laughs> <laughs> um pre pre this whole coronavirus situation I, i've always used music as a way to um uh find some sort of purpose and um outside of kind of academia and academics which is essentially all that i'd known up until my adulthood and even into my adulthood mm. of course you know um yeah there needs to be more to light than just a work-life balance I, there, I there is but uh, i mean that's all I really knew when I was growing up um, was just to kind of study. And if you studied, you would get a good job. And then that's, that's life. Right. So, so when did you, so when did you acquire like this, this taste or I suppose need to, to, to use music to express yourself? Like what was like the earliest point you sort of realized what one, I really, really like music more than I 
thought I would, mm. and two, I would really like to attempt making music. Like, what? When was that point for you? Um, I would say that I, I knew that I really liked music, or loved music from from like an early age. That's such a cliche thing, but I did. I've been, <laughs> I, I think my my parents told me that when I was like three, four, I would just be like sitting at the table, just like banging, like with my hands to make some sort of rhythm. And um, right. then I was very lucky. They bought me a, like a starter um, uh, drum kit, like not even a full size, just like a, just like a kid's drum kit when I was like, mm-hmm. f- I don't know, five or six or something. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I was seven, I had started drum lessons at school. And then when I was eight, I started having piano lessons. Um, and so music has always been something that I've done, uh, throughout my childhood and my teens. Um, but I'd never really done anything proper with it or serious with it, aside from a few grades here and there and playing in some shows and having a band and stuff like that. But, um, because as I say, academics was the thing that I was meant to do. Um, and, uh, I guess I've done it. Um, uh, and now... <laughs> And you know, now being thirty, I guess I can say that I've I'm relatively happy with the uh, with the academic achievements I've got, and now want to do more with my music kind of kind of stuff, or have the ability, I guess, and have the means to do it now, I guess. Um, but to answer your question of where it kind of switched from just being a part of my life that I enjoyed to actually being trying to make music, um, that happened. I guess I was it was about I was about twenty or so. Um, and uh i i had a you know i had a laptop and i had a my first door or uh, anyone at this digital audio workstation any of the programs that you use to make uh music at the time i was using um i was using cakewalk i think and i mean absolutely uh, i think it's but i mean absolutely I mean, I don't know if the program was bad or if I was bad or just a combination of both. No, I, I was definitely bad, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't use the program very well. Um, I mean, like, I, I don't really think that there is any, any DAW that, that is essentially bad. Like, especially now, most of them can do the exact same thing. It's all about the workflow and what true. you bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 to be honest, I agree with that. I would have, I was bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you got to start right? somewhere. <laughs> I actually started. You know, you know, my the first thing I started was um, exporting like MIDI from Guitar Pro that I'd write in the music, oh, and right. importing that MIDI into like the um, Cakewalk, and then using some VST. I don't know whatever I was using some synth and be like oh this is this is amazing I've got like a I've got like a synth patch or something you know thinking I was like right. some sort of amazing producer but as you know <laughs> terrible but you got to start somewhere um and um that kind of progressed on from there I did that for a couple of years and then I was like hang on like I actually want to try and learn to how to do this and I'm sure this is probably a recurring theme in most young producers again if I can even call myself a producer, but, you know, producer uh, is YouTube, isn't it? I mean... Yeah, definitely. How... There's like, so many tutorials on there that has helped really shape yeah. my sound as well, yeah. I think it's quite common at this point for producers to use, like, YouTube as, like, a repository of all the info that they might need. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, just to the point of, of like, learning how like what a compressor is and like how to you know get some sort of basic mix going and like how to use the program and 
I switched then, and I think in 2000, I know, I remember in Christmas time, around Christmas time of 2011, I got a MacBook Pro. And I mean, it was, to me, that was like life changing. Um, because I was, I, I, I was like, always wanting to, I always wanted to try like logic. I'd seen it on YouTube and I was like, oh, it looks really like this kind of workflow would work for me. And it's very visual. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I'm, you know, I'm using logic to record now. So, um, right. I, I got, I got, I got a MacBook, I got Logic, and it's got so many instruments in it, and I just, I just really took to it, and it really works with my workflow. I work in a very like linear way. I don't work with, um, I don't work with like samples or chopping things up ever really. So like something like Ableton isn't. I tried it. I had like a uh, a light version that I got with a piece of equipment once. I tried it, and I was like, I can see how this would definitely work for someone who wants to work with more electronic stuff or kind of with loops and things like that. But I don't really yeah. do that. It just wasn't for you. It wasn't really yeah. for me. Um, so I, was, yeah, I was like the, the, the opposite. Like I grew up on a, on a steady diet of hip hop. Oh, okay. Really? Okay. You know, sampling, resampling, chopping and cutting like music to make a completely new thing out of it. It was just part and parcel. You know, it came with the territory essentially. So I, I sort see. of like drifted into that, mode of thinking from a very early age and i find that i've i've like a lot of trouble just stepping out of it like i'm not saying that, that i'm not doing synthesis mm. i i definitely do but i i really like recording and flipping those recordings and changing them into something completely different i, I like editing samples i like using samples in ways that you were not meant to <laughs> to use them you know yeah 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 that's a, like that's, that. that's a whole i guess field of sound design that isn't really an area that i've explored that much like i definitely like say for example when i record in some sort of ambient guitar stuff i may like time stretch it i may pitch it down i may do some 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 audio editing to it to make it sound whatever the like to fit the mood that i'm going for Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't necessarily say that i go as deep into it as the stuff that you've just explained um right well there's nothing wrong with that like you you definitely go into like synthesis way harder than <laughs> than i do like if you make every single layer from scratch you know start with the sine wave and you end up with the bass lines and the kicks and the snares and everything like that that is i we we both do two different branches of the exact same discipline <laughs> true that's true and i think that like the end result is the same it's just the way that we how we arrive at that point is just different and i I think that's really, I think that's actually the the most amazing thing about music production is that there are so many ways to end up with music and yeah. something I've learned, you know, something that I've had, a re- more, it's more that like I've realized is like, you know, when you're younger, you know, you think, you know, I'm talking about when you're a teenager, when you're, when you're, mm-hmm. when you're trying to find your identity, you think, you know, what music is. You're like, this is music. Yes. This is what I listen to. Whatever anyone else listens to is terrible. They don't know what they haven't got any taste. They don't know anything <laughs> about music and I'm not even going to listen to it or like even listen to their opinion. Um, yeah. And then you grow you get a bit older, you grow up, you start to like, I don't know, just become less angsty. And you realize that actually music is whatever makes someone feel whatever they want to feel or it yeah. gives them a feeling that they didn't realize they had or you know there's so many different things music can be music can be like literally just a drone note that takes someone to a like a place of contemplation you know or it can be yeah. or it can be like blast beats like mashuga style like you know you know really intense metal that someone like you know really makes them feel alive and things like that and that's what music is um yeah 
Like, what keeps me driven with this stuff is, like, I'm just addicted to sound, like, just the concept of sound. And I'm always looking for sounds that I have never heard before. So, you know, naturally, you'd end up listening to some some really weird shit that a lot of people would just <laughs> listen to and yeah. think, what the fuck is this noise? <laughs> this is not, like, it, this is not at all, like, go to somebody I used to know, <laughs> you know, stuff like no, that. No, it's, it's, but, yeah. You're right. It, um, and I, I would... I actually, as as I've listened to more, I would say more mainstream, more pop music. If you really listen to it, the, uh, the a really good example of this for me is the band the nineteen seventy five. They have oh, right, yeah. They are, you know, pop. They're pop band. I think. I think even um, the lead singer Matt Healy. I think he says like we are the best pop band in the world at the moment. I think there's, there's some interview where he says that and they claim to be pop and they are pop, but the, the production that goes into their stuff, the layering, the sound design, I mean, it's, they are, they're producers. They are producers, you know, they're not just artists. Yeah, definitely. Just because a sound is like easy to digest and easy to, to listen to for pretty much everyone, no matter your persuasion, that does not immediately preclude it from it, from it being complex or interesting. No. Yeah. yeah. There, there seems to be this purveying sort of like feeling towards popular music that it's all just shit. And yes, there's a lot of formulaic <laughs> stuff in there. I will agree. There's a lot of boring stuff that doesn't really try to do anything, yeah. but there's also a lot of stuff that is doing a really interesting concept and doing it really well while still being radio friendly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. And that, that, that's actually a talent, that, not actually, of course, that is a talent to do that, to make digestible, interesting and somewhat, co- you know, productionized complex music to make it sound fresh is a yeah. talent. And I, 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 I really admire that now. And I never thought that I'd be someone who would say who would say that like i admire pop artists who can do that or pop producers i guess who do that <laughs> yeah um, i get that because i was like no i want to listen to Meshuggah and i want to hear them do this like crazy polyrhythms and stuff like that you know but really it doesn't really matter as long as long as you feel that you're connecting to the music that you're making at that time or not for me as long as i feel like i'm connected to the music that i'm making at the time i don't really doesn't really matter what i'm making of course now i have I wouldn't. I wouldn't really call it a following, but I have people that are somewhat used to the type of music that I make on the ambient spectrum. So if I then decided to then make blast beats, I guess people would be like, "What are you doing? This <laughs> doesn't really go with your brand." I guess. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, do I really care? The answer is probably yes, a little bit because I like to have my. I like to. I like to have this. This. I wouldn't really say it's a niche because there are plenty of ambient artists that are doing arguably better music than me but you know i like to have the niche that i have carved for myself and become sort of relatively comfortable in like the you know the sound design and the production and and if i was going to go and start to make some other type of music i would essentially have to start from scratch of like the sound design and all this kind of stuff and not that that's a bad thing to to learn things but i get back to my you know i this is not my job um and for a lot of producers, it's not their job. So you kind of have to work smart, I think, if you want to release stuff, which is my aim. Because releasing stuff means that I've completed stuff, which means that I can then work on something new. Yeah. Um, so to work, to work smart, for me, means like writing music that I connect with and that I'm feeling, but also I know how to somewhat produce and somewhat mix. Um, <laughs> well, I think you've definitely 
been able to do that in the past. Like, I've been listening to your stuff for a while now. Like, for for a bit of context to the people listening, like, you messaged me, I think it was five or six years ago, yeah, on, yeah. on my fan page on, on Facebook, saying that you... Uh, well, I think you were taking care of a of a family member who has since passed away, sadly. And you oh, yeah, that's told right, me yeah. that you really you listened to my music a lot while you were taking care of this person. Mm. And you want to, and after that, you wrote an EP and you sent that to me. Uh, you because you it was inspired by me. I think you you said it. You wanted me to check it out, and I. I remember loving it. Like I'd never heard of you before because like like I you you were a very small musician back then, but I was immediately sort of captured by your approach to sound design, by you know, the atmosphere, and it's only gotten better. Like your first album was Cloudform, which I really liked as well. And you, yeah, you yeah. send me demos I mean, every now and then and I'm always very impressed by by what you what you do. So I definitely think you are accomplished as a musician. As, as well as in other areas, not just academically. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, I don't, I, to be honest, I, I distinctly remember sending to you um, mainly because I felt like the stuff that you were writing was still, it was like accessible. Like you, you seem like a, like a, um, like a real person, I guess, uh, that might have an opportunity. The, the time to like listen to it oh yeah um, definitely like I'm, um, I'm always listening to music man whenever somebody sends yeah. <laughs> me something i will sit down and i'll listen to it no matter what i'm doing yeah yeah um so i, pre- I appreciate your your words about that um and uh since then yeah i would probably say that yeah Cloudform would be was the album that i would say was my first proper proper album prior to that so the one that i sent you was um a wandering clarity with yes. an eight track yes you know i guess i mean call it an album call it an ep whatever then then i released um with eyes that have witnessed which again was more of an amalgamation of tracks that i'd written in the last two and a bit years of med school which i didn't quite manage to finish before i before i graduated I, um no i did but um didn't, didn't manage to get it done in the time frame i wanted um it just kind of dragged on a bit and then then i fully switched into because like, those those two albums were like i would say ambient electronic mm-hmm. and then Cloudform is like fully fully ambient it's like soundscape yeah to the max with like in- intensity with drone with loads of different elements of sound design to it um so for me yeah i'd probably say that was my that's definitely my biggest achievement and re- releasing that on stereo scenic um massive shout out to Andrew Klimek, the uh, founder and owner of the uh, record label Stereoscenic Records. Great guy. Definitely, he believed in, yeah. I've spoken with him a couple of times and uh, I released, I think it was Eventide on yeah. on, on that label as well. Yeah, he's a, he's probably a, bit, a pretty big name in like Ambient Promo because of his uh, radio station Ambient Sleeping yes. Pill, which is something that yes. I still use every single night whenever I go to bed. I just <laughs> listen to Ambient Sleeping Pill because his music yeah. selection is incredible and he's he's been responsible for quite a lot of like indie ambient artists getting yeah. a get, yeah. getting a bigger listener base and stuff he'll probably like yeah. play it down a bit when when you talk to him but he's been <laughs> he does. he's been quite he does. instrumental in in your career and and, and in my yeah. career as well you know so yeah 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 he, he he's he's a very i mean i've never met him um he's he's, he's from america yeah. um but um he he yeah he's a very humble guy and he he very much like 
he knows he does not like give you any bs about anything like he 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 will tell you this is this is working this isn't working like he won't be like oh you know it's pretty good this that and the other like he 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 won't he won't mess you around um and actually i remember sending him i actually sent him my second my actually you you told me to do it you're the one that said (laughs) send your second album you know to to him and it's electronic like you know for anyone that's interested stereoscenic records is a fully ambient label like it's 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 vast in the way that it it has a lot of textural stuff to drone to like slightly orchestral stuff slightly um but like it's not electronic in in the sense that it's not got like you know massive synths and arpeggiated synths i I think i was like the most quote-unquote electronic artist that he released because even ty has like hip-hop inspired and beat driven stuff on there i don't think he's done stuff like that uh, since he, no i don't <laughs> think he has <laughs> but um so he he said i like the album like if you are interested in writing some ambient stuff send me a track and then we'll see what we can do and that like i think i started working on a track like that day like i that day i was like uh, okay this guy's in uh <laughs> if i can persuade him to be and since then i uh since that moment um i then spent the next six months writing Cloudform and very, very lucky enough to release it on that label to, he made, well, we, we designed the, mainly him really designed the uh, Digipack and we made CDs for it. Mm-hmm. Never thought I'd have my music on a CD and it's, it's more for like posterity reasons. And that's just uh, cool. So it's like a physical sort of memento of this thing yeah. that you have done. Yeah. And, yeah. and in an age where everything is digital now, having yeah. like your own Digipack that has your own, design your own logo and stuff on there and it's on people's shelves that's just <laughs> it, it's not just for posterity it, it feels like well, a bit of an achievement because it does because it's a yeah. limited edition thing and you know that if if it's sold out people really wanted that album you know it's just yeah it's just cool yeah for anyone that's listening it hasn't sold out so <laughs> so, you, <laughs> so you can still grab a coffee if you, if you want to uh probably wait about three months in corona times for it to reach you i guess but um <laughs> um but yeah it's it, it, it's it, it was a, it was a great achievement for me and um i am slightly daunted actually to to try and write another fully ambient album um of that magnitude to, to me i mean um mm-hmm. i've got a lot of ambient stuff, as i'm sure every again every producer has got tons of stuff on their hard drive that's could be made into something oh yeah um, my, my demo folder is a is a, is a place that i, I dread <laughs> going into because of all the potential there that i have yeah. y- yet to to like fully take use of yeah, yeah. tap into i, I i've got uh, i'm to be honest it's my own it's my own like psychological inhibition not wanting to like take an idea and at the moment and run with it ambient wise mm-hmm. so I've switched up a little bit now and gone back slightly to more electronic stuff. There's even some um, trap just, in there, dude. Like I've, I've there heard is some triplet trap. hats. Yeah, <laughs> the, dude. I mean, like I said, I I have been definitely been influenced by more mainstream, more pop music, and even even the offshoots of like um, mainstream trap, mainstream trap, mm-hmm. um, more darkest darker stuff like you know uh um like synth wave and retro wave synth and wave stuff. and stuff like that and i get i guess yeah i well now i think my sound's going I, I i think i've struggled a little bit to find my like electronic sound i guess the one thing that i do have 
is like the 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 arps. I guess the arpeggiated yes. synth is like probably my sound. Yeah, it's pretty but much like, a cornerstone of your music now. <laughs> but I, I but I want to. I'm not. I don't want to lose that persona to it. But I want to change it and go a little bit darker. I think. I feel. I don't know. I feel that that's where my influences have. Uh, are leading me, I guess, at the moment. Right. So, um, like, what, what, yeah. what is it about ambient music that that draws you so, so much? I think, honestly, I, I think that it's started out being something ambient music. Before I obviously, before I wrote it, I started listening to it, and it started out as a thing to be like to calm me, basically, to, as a, as a very calming, um, you know way to zone out Mm -hmm. and to not and to kind of like de-stress um uh you know going to university doesn't matter what degree it is i'm not you know medicine this that and the other whatever it doesn't matter like it's a stressful time you know you you med school we had exams like every four months it was just an onslaught (laughs) of work um and also you're trying to maintain your social life and and all these kind of things and ambient music just became without me even really realizing it just became like a part of my daily life you know mm-hmm. really it really did um and to be honest i think you'll be ho- wholly unsurprised at which band i'm going to name as the 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 one that like really started me off on this and was the inception to all of this which was hammock yes. without you know i mean it's, people are very in the ambient world hammock are revered but also they're very criticized because some some of the people like they're like post-rock stuff and think oh we should stick with post-rock and they, sh- they should stick with post-rock and some of them just prefer their drone like yeah i, th- I think it's uh, all for good. me like, i love their post-rock stuff but i think it was their drone that really just you know brought me in yeah um they're, they're a fantastic band like I, i've been listening to them for, for ages like me, me and you have had discussions on this like i, mm, I love the mm. music but i absolutely hate the pretentious like titles <laughs> the name for the tracks oh, terrible <laughs> mean to nothing but the you know, music it, it, is absolute like god tier post-rock yeah, ambient yeah, yeah, yeah definitely i think if you were to ask me like what's the name of my favorite hammock song i probably wouldn't be able to tell you because i don't look at their names because they're too long and i can't i can't remember them um I, honestly i don't know um but I, I i yeah i was hugely hugely influenced by by hammock and st- it started this absolute race in me to try and like match and find their guitar tone you know right it's uh, that, that, that's um, about 15 or 17 reverb pedals just, <laughs> <laughs> just that yeah and i think a friend I of mean, mine at one point joked that uh ha- hammock and just records everything they do in, a, in an empty airplane hangar <laughs> just so they can have that uh, reverb that seems to go on forever. i'm sure i'm sure if they had the chance they probably would and they'd probably make it sound amazing yes um <laughs> But yeah, just sit, I mean, sitting in front of me now, I have my, you know, sort of in my studio space and I have my, my guitar um, pedals and I would say that, um, two of them definitely were a hundred percent inspired by trying to find out as much as I could about hammock. And when I, when I realized that they, one of the pedal companies they use is Strymon, I was like, I must have them. I must have them, <laughs> you know? Um, and of course they use all sorts of different, uh, effects pedals who knows they're very they're very um quiet about 
um, the gear they use. And there's not very much on YouTube and stuff. I've looked, I've, I've searched, searched, searched extensively for their stuff. Yeah, it's um, very secretive as a duo as well, yeah, which is kind of are. surprising because of how like omnipresent they are. Like they, they did part of the soundtrack, I think, for um, uh, Californication back in the day. They, oh yeah, they yeah, also yeah. did. Uh, the soundtrack for Far Cry Five, a uh, video game that came out two uh, two years ago, like a like a, one third of the ca- soundtrack was composed by by Hammock, and that and that game franchise is not really a small name, but you'd be hard pressed to find anything about the actual people behind it or their process or whatever. And no, yeah, no. it's a very you enigmatic can't. duo. They are, they really are, um, and maybe that's some in very small part of the reason i guess is again as to, as to why like i'm enticed by them because i would love to know more about them and i guess if you if i knew everything about how they created music i would still love their music perhaps but perhaps it would wouldn't have yeah it wouldn't be quite so kind of it wouldn't quite draw me in as much because yeah. i'd be like because oh, i'm so intrigued as to how they how they process their like the producer hat on me at the moment i'm so intrigued as to how they literally create their guitar tone and like what their signal flow is and like what amps they use and how they mic it up and all the, all this stuff um you know so yeah it was them they started they started me off in 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 my ambient uh i guess journey um and since then i've never really looked back i've done a lot of electronic stuff much of it's unreleased um just sitting in my room doing what i want you know mm-hmm. in a session but um i've really taken the ambient stuff like m- m- far more seriously if 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 I wanted any of my music to be out there, featured or like pl- list, just even just listened to by people, I, without a doubt, I would just say my my album cloud form, like the ambient stuff, because I feel I feel that that's got its own persona. I think, mm-hmm. um, which which you know has definitely been influenced by bands like what well, say bands like <laughs> who else is like Hammock, but uh, you know Hammock. Um, Maybe Helios you know, you know, on, on some level. Oh, sort oh of Ke- like Keith, Hammock. Yeah, but yeah, Keith Kenneff, absolutely amazing guy. Um, Helios for sure. How could I forget? Amazing. <laughs> his his stuff is it's got more of an organic feel, hasn't it? To it, it's very textural. Um, it's more intimate than, than Hammock is. Like Hammock yeah. is is more the sound of the the infant expanse, where whereas <laughs> yes, Helios yeah. is more like the the cozy afternoon in your living room. Yeah. Yeah, and and actually, I don't know if you follow um, Helios or Keith on his um, any of his socials, but no. if you look at the space that he records in, um, it's got it's got like lots of like natural wood in it and natural light. Right. And if you look at the piano that he he records his own upright piano, and it's just all very like clean but intimate at the same time. It just it just goes exactly with what I would expect in the environment. I expect I would expect him to record in. <laughs> right. um, he, he looks like a uh, like a proper audio nerd as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I as I was saying, um, uh, I guess I can't I can't say that my sound is the only sound that you'll ever hear that's ambient. But um, I would like to think it's got some form of niche to it. Um, I mean, it definitely so yeah, is. If you if you tell somebody that you make ambient music, nine out of ten times they'll they'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> like usually, like the, the most approximate like artist that I can give them that they know is usually Moby. And while he definitely has oh, made yeah. some some great ambient, I wouldn't really cast him as like your stereotypical ambient musician. No, so it, it, no. it is by its very definition a very niche. <laughs> 
genre, and in some but, ways the scene only really exists online. It, it, it's a pretty large yeah. scene, but you, but it's very concentrated online in, in, in very specific places and not really right. discussed outside of that. I guess, I guess I was thinking about that point actually recently, and I'm thinking why 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 is it more kind of like an online an online presence, but lack of it in real life? And I guess perhaps because the very nature of the production of ambient music is like layers, you know, like fifty layers, sixty, hundred layers of just different things, and you mm. you can't really recreate that live. You, I mean, you you can't. People do it. They play to a backing track, or they have they they strip it down, or that kind of thing. But it's you know. It takes a very it takes a type of person and an experience that they want to go and have yeah. to sit in a room on a chair and just watch a guy play guitar very slowly. Yeah, into a back exactly. Track. You know, I've, I've, you I've know, been to you... like one ambient concert, which was uh, like I think six, seven years ago in a, in a village not far from where I live. Oh right, uh, yeah. Lossel played played there, which is a Canadian, I guess, I've ambient techno yeah. and drone artist. Okay. And he was doing a world tour, which you know that's uh, that's quite unique. And I'm being a musician <laughs> yeah, doing yeah, a world tour, yeah. and it wasn't in a in a concert venue or anything. It was in a museum, in one of the rooms in the museum, and it was literally about thirty people sitting on chairs, just looking at a guy with a with a MacBook and a very small keyboard <laughs> and a mixer table, just doing his thing and just making yep. drones and textures for about an hour and a half. I loved it, but. Just by the fact that the venue was sold out at thirty people, kind of shows that there is not really a like a need or a want no. for live ambient no. music. No, no, there's not. I, again, I think possibly because you 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 can put a bit of ambient, some ambient on, listen to your headphones, and shut your eyes, and you're you're almost there. Yes. Really, to be honest, yes, it's fun. it's very much for you to feel whatever you want to feel when you're listening to it. Um, whereas, like again, if you if you're going to go and see like a big if you're going to go and see the 1975, for example, they have a huge, um, st- you know, pr- production stage, and it's all about the show. The music's amazing. I've never been. I've, I've watched their stuff live on YouTube, and it looks amazing. And they, and they they say that their art is their music and their and their stage production, their video all combined. Yeah. Um. So when, if you were to go to one of those concerts, you would, it would be every single sense like overwhelmed almost, but in in the best way possible. Yeah. Um. But with ambient, you just need a bit of like ambient lighting and a room and a head pair of headphones and you can almost have the same experience yeah. i think and, and you know in, in, in a lot of ways ambient and especially like like the even more niche sub stuff in that like drone or dark ambient is mm. it, it, it's anti-music in a, in a way there, there there is no like red through line through through a track there's there's only very subtle changes there are no lyrics yes. there are yep. no drums mm. and hardly a Ever, you know, there's weird like sort of sound design and field recording stuff mixed mm. in there. It does not, an ambient song usually does not play out the way a rock song or a pop <laughs> song or a hip hop song would oh, play no. out. And, no. and as such, it's it's just not as commercially viable, I guess, no, as other genres it's are. It's not. But the thing that I, f- I find really interesting is that when you try, when you ex- explain to someone, oh, you know, I, I make ambient music and they'd be like, oh, what's that? You you tried to explain it, but every single person has heard ambient music. You watch any film, yes. any film. You watch any any kind of like crime, you know, thriller on 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 the TV. Anything on Netflix. It's got drone in it. It's got that suspense. It's got ambient. It's got all of the music that they've absolutely heard without yeah. uh, without a doubt. But they just have you know 
that don't realise that 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 is what we would classify as an ambient. But yeah, but that, it, guess, that but works in context. Like uh, as soon as you take exactly. it outside of yeah. the, uh, out of the video game <laughs> or outside of the TV, it's just sound to people, uh, which mm. does not really equate to a song to many people. Like you and I might not not agree, but I can totally see where people are are coming from in in that respect because it's it's not very. Like it's not an active listening to kind of thing. It's more of a passive thing, and a lot mm. of people just don't really want that. They want someone to song, sing along to or dance along to, and you can't really do yep. that with with ambient music generally. No. So, so what what is it that for you then that that, that draws in draws draws you into ambient stuff? Uh, it, it's the what I said about Hammock, the 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 sound of the vast expanse, like. It, to me, good ambient gives me the sense like, like the space I'm, I'm in is way larger than it actually mm. is. Like mm. uh, the way I, how I got into it is uh, I, I developed tinnitus or tinnitus. How do you want to say it? I've got a beep in my ear, essentially. Uh, and I got that when I was about 17, something like that. Oh, okay. And I needed yeah. to find music that could help me sleep. But... You know, listening to beat-driven stuff and trying to sleep is not really something I was capable of doing. So I stumbled on ambient and drone music. And I, I guess after a while, once you get acclimatized to it and you get used to ambient music, you start to see the differences between ambient artists. You start to hear the different styles that you ha- that they have within even even something as weird as drone music. And I. I, yeah. I just became captivated by it. It was my introduction into looking at music more as, you know, sound and trying to look more at what, what it sounds like and what it feels like as opposed to what it's trying, like the story it's trying to tell or what, the way the guitar yeah. rhythm is or something like that. It's, I, I just fell in love with it. And for years upon years upon years, I, I just listen to ambient music. That's the only thing I listen to. And, yeah. and as a result of yeah. that, I started making it. And that's, and that's how I yeah. got my start as a, mu- as a musician. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. <laughs> totally relate to that. Yeah. 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 That's pretty much what, it, what it's like for me. And even though I don't really listen to ambient music as much as I, as I used to, and I'm not really considering like making a lot of ambient anymore, it is still something like, like you said, it's a part of your life now. And it is a part of my life mm. now too, and I will always love it, and I will yep. probably yep. forever keep listening to it to varying degrees. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's 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 a cornerstone to to my musical uh, armory now. Of when, when I listen to it, yeah. it will always, yeah, as you say, it will, it will always be it will always be present, even if I go through periods of not listening to it. It will never go out of it will never be off my rotational stuff for sure. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's get into your own music because I'm quite, um, I'm I'm quite interested to hear what your process is. Like, what is your approach sure. to to making the music that you make? Okay, um, so generally, whether it's whether I'm making or sitting down to think that I'm going to make some electronic stuff or like pure ambient stuff, it generally always starts with um, something ambient. For sure, like a like a texture, a drone, mm-hmm. maybe a guitar, um, uh, like chord sequence that I've that I've recorded. Um, 
And it never, ever, like, if I'm making electronic, it never, I will never start with a beat, ever. I'll never start with a beat. I'll never start with, like, a hook or something really? like that. It That's will the first thing be... I do. Like, I always, like, program, like, a like a drum line first before <laughs> I do any melodic stuff. I think, um, I think the reason I don't do that, or the reason I've grown to not do that, is because I'm maybe slightly hedging my bets about where the track's going to go. <laughs> right. So, so I'm like, well, I've got something ambient here. I could, you know, I could add a kick and whatever, and... and and then maybe take this into more electronic, or I can add like five reverbs and you know call it done. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Um, no, but generally on the whole, so usually if I'm going to talk about my ambient stuff, which is what you know I, I probably would say that I have more experience with, um, I would say that uh, usually it starts with me with my guitar plugged into my um, uh, selection of my guitar pedals, which is um, for anyone that's interested. Uh, Mainly, it's delays uh, and reverbs, and I've got a bit of overdrive at the front just to just to like warm up the signal. I rarely ever actually want it to sound overdriven, but it just warms up the guitar signal just a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and then I've got an octave pedal, which is absolutely incredible for um, guitar pads to make those big, you know, larger than larger than space kind of um, uh, sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you. You, I put an octave down and a little and just a little bit up as well with the with the dry signal going through as well, and like the difference is night and day. But you, you're not. Re- I don't do it so that you can hear like loads of low end rumble, but it just adds like a like a, a layer underneath it that just supports this massive pad. It's all over my. It's all over Cloudform. Yeah. Um, that pedal just for a list for a little bit of like um, sub that just that just warms up the tone i yeah, guess i think I, um, I think i know the type of sound that you're going for yeah, yeah. um and ha- without a doubt i i i stole that um trick and in fact i bought this pedal and stole it specifically not the pedal <laughs> i stole the trick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> i stole the trick from um and andy othling i'm sure you mm-hmm. probably yes you know of him yeah um he he on the other hand is complete is the converse to hammock he he now well, he's now got a whole Patreon thing and has made has made a whole career out of like um, showing how he makes his ambient stuff. But I'm talking five, five years ago, seven years ago. He has he's got videos showing exactly how to make these massive ambient guitar pads. Um, and so his trick was get an octave pedal and then just run it into your you know into your reverbs and it will just sound amazing. So that's what I do. So I usually sit there um, with my guitar. Um, I'm often in some some sort of mood, I guess. Right. Um, you know, something's either something's happened in life, or I've just got the urge that I need to write something. Or you know, um, I've, I very rarely now actually sit down just to write music. I'm, I've often thought about it now. Um, again, that's probably because I don't have as much time to do it. Right. Yeah, um, you need to be more efficient with the time that you have. I need every to be a bit more day, efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess normally I've been thinking, you know what, like I, I really feel that I think some ambient might might be in my fingertips in the next you know, few days if I sit down. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I, anyone who writes music will, will know it and that you just, it, it just feels like you want to write something. I don't know how to describe yeah. it. I, re- I, think, I think I'm quite, uh, I'd like to think of myself as relatively articulate, but I cannot describe, I really can't put it into words 
what it feels like when you know in your hands that you've got a, a chord sequence coming out. Right. Yeah. I don't know how to describe uh, it. I get yeah. Do you, do you do you experience that at all when you think something is in my fingertips and it will come so out? I'll, I'll have the 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 impulse to to sit down behind my computer and start up FL and start start dicking about mm. with stuff. But I'm I'm not mm. one of those people that gets an idea somewhere. And then saves that on their phone quickly for when they get home, they start to work on that idea. Like whenever I start with, with a track, I have no idea what a track is going to end up. And to mm. be completely, to, to, to be completely honest, like I, I've sent you like demos of tracks in various stages of completion. And sometimes demo yeah. one will be a completely different <laughs> genre. Yes. Than demo yep. two is, even though they both started from the exact same point. Yeah. Like yeah. I have no yeah. idea where I'm going. It's just, I, I sit down, I start working on stuff, I'll just, I'll play random bits, I'll throw random samples in there, I'll use random bit, random effects here and there, until something just sort of like sparks the serotonin receptors in yeah. my brain, and then I know that I'm <laughs> yeah. onto something. I'm, I'm yeah. a very iterative kind of person, I don't really come to the table with an idea already in my head. I, I've never worked like that, so yeah. Yeah, I I um I wouldn't say that I'm someone that like can quickly record something on their phone and then and then have it there, but it's more I don't I really struggle to explain it. It's more that like over a period of a few days I will just feel like I need to write some music. Right. And I'll sit down and certain something will come out. And if I if I go beyond the point of this kind of like mode, I I'll, I'll lose it and then for another X amount of time it won't come back. Right. Um I don't know it it it, it varies how many days or hours or whatever i can hold on to this this feeling and i think it's probably because i think it is completely tied in with my mood like mm. so perhaps maybe for like three or four days i'm in a specific kind of mood where i'm feeling a bit more introvert or a bit more introspective or um you know something's annoyed me and i need to process it in some way and um, i'm still thinking about it or brooding over it for like three or four days and in that period of time the thing that i always want to try to to use to process my thoughts is is music yeah. I, I mean you know it sounds incredibly pretentious no i get I, it like uh, I'm, 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 <laughs> like it depends on my mood as well like i tend to see myself more as someone who is like always writer's blocked but who has like brief moments where i'm <laughs> extremely creative and in those like i see that like, like yeah. small in, in those small periods of creativity mm. i will make like two or three tracks or outline like four or five of them and work on them yeah before yeah. i get before you... it gets shut off again you know do, do you um are you someone i'm really, always really interested to to hear this like are you someone that if you i guess not because you just answered that question but if you've got a track that you are really feeling and you're really vibing with and you're working on it are you someone that you will want to try and finish that track as much as possible except for maybe like the ear candy and all the productions like you know like the mixes that yes kind of stuff. definitely or, yeah I'll, I'll, before we before moving yeah, on oh, yeah definitely like i've got i think five or six tracks now in my demo folder that are all like over 80 percent complete but they have mm. been at that state for about <laughs> seven or eight months you know oh. <laughs> it yeah it, it's the last 20 percent that always takes me way way longer I, I don't really and, know what that is i don't really know how to handle what, it either to be honest what what do you think is the 20 percent? is it that is it the ear candy is it that like tiny little up that will just that will just you know add to the riser or is it the mix like what what, what is your last 20 percent for you a large part of that is definitely mixing like mm. I, I i feel like i'm 
I'm quite good at making my shit sound like clear and and well mixed, even though oh, I yeah, have like, absolutely no fucking 100%. clue what I'm doing. Like, you, you, no, no, no. Like, so like the tweaking again, takes you, takes you, so you, so long. Plus, I, I listen to a lot of music, and as yeah. such, I have a pretty clear idea of how something should sound in order for it to be good and i continuously find stuff on my own tracks that i consider to not be good and because i don't really know how to fix that proficiently or just flat out don't want to learn how to Mm. fix that proficiently i just (laughs) keep banging my head against the final 20 percent for months upon months upon months until somebody just comes around and tells me chris it's done mate it's it's good now just just release it like stop obsessing over how the bass tone sounds at three minutes in or stop stop obsessing about your snare it's it's good you know i i think for again for anyone that's that's um listening chris chris's production is incredibly crystal and that's not i don't mean that in a sterile it's not sterile it's it's everything has its place in the mix, and this isn't this isn't like a new thing for him. Like for you, I should say, you're you're you've always been very good at mixing. Thank you. And and like I know you you often put yourself down like oh you know and all that, but it, honestly, like the the stuff's crystal, um, and it really helps, especially with your more recent stuff that's been quite a lot more quite a lot more going on like synth wise oh god um, yeah like it just doesn't feeling sound crowded for though. the last couple of tracks to be honest <laughs> like <laughs> do, you, do you do you think do you do you agree with the idiom that um growth occurs outside of the comfort zone uh yeah definitely because i'm i'm not comfortable yeah. doing more like drum and bass or more like like edm inspired stuff like i'm i'm doing mm. now i'm not comfortable with that at all but i've been getting way more positive feedback from other people around me and the people that listen yeah. to my music now than I got when I was still like making stuff that I was completely comfortable with making. <laughs> so yeah, I guess yeah. I'm doing something and right. I, yeah. No, de- for sure. You definitely are. And I think that's probably why I'm in part wanting to try some uh, new you know offshoots of my ambient stuff in in the electronic side with the with the you know the, my unreleased the track that i haven't released yet um with the you know the 808 that you were saying that you like that yes, that track yes that's you would still grossly class that as having an ambient like undertone to it but it's very much like verse chorus verse chorus like end kind of thing with with trap hats and with production techniques that you'd or sounds that you perhaps hear yeah. um like i've added some stuff like you know like white noise some static kind of those textures that you absolutely hear in in offshoots of mainstream like dark yeah, darker trap exactly stuff. Um, man like I, I've, I've been I'm, throwing I'm, stuff like that into my music as well like <laughs> i'm a big fan of trap music and hip-hop in general so i've been like throwing that into my music more yeah but I've, oh like, yeah as a vocalist right i I also I listen to a lot of mumble rap. I just do, and as a result of that, whenever I'm writing like lyrics mm. now, I, I feel like I'm sort of more automatically now gravitating towards the which is just a weird thing to sort of hear clash with the more like atmospheric and moody parts of the music. Yeah, but that's this. Those are the things that like progress your your own music forward yeah. that you if you if you're trying if you're trying to push your own like creative boundaries you will you will at some point reach reach something that you think wow i really never knew that this was like 
going to come out of my <laughs> my my session, but somehow it is, and somehow like I like it better than anything else I've yeah, ever written. Exactly, and I'm at this point, I'm not as worried. Uh, with being consistent as I, as I was a couple of years ago like which is why what well, part of the reason why I switched to just releasing singles as opposed to EPs yeah. and albums yeah. it's because yeah. I just want to make whatever I want to make and if that is ambient on one day and l- like fucking gabba on on the other <laughs> then I, I I'm just going to commit to that like whatever comes yeah. out of my my hands when I'm making music I'm just I'm just committing to that now and not really thinking about hmm, does it fit with the rest of my discography and I'm like it's my discography. If I think it fits, yeah. it fits. And since it's me yeah. that makes all the tracks, it, it'll fit because it's me, you know? Yeah, totally agree. Um, I, yeah, I totally agree. If, if you want to do it, then just make it. And I, I think the whole single thing now, like people just release singles on Spotify, like as in artists release singles on Spotify yeah. now at a time and then they release the whole album or they sometimes they, there are artists that I follow, you know, that, don't really release albums anymore. Yeah. They just do singles or EPs. And I'm like, this is, I'm kind of cool with that. And, and I never thought I would be because I'm someone that sits down, start to finish, listen to an album, you know, mm. however many times and I form my opinion of it. And I'm like, this is a body of work. But actually, I feel like you, we're now more forgiving of artists that want to try new things because actually that inspires me a bit more to try new yeah, things. Um, rather than having an hour of an album that's essentially the same thing and yeah it's amazing but if they've given me two or three eps that are similar but quite varied there's going to be way more for me to dissect in that yeah, and like exactly uh, be inspired by like i think the, yeah. a good example of this would be for me uh, a band like bring me no horizon who started out like, uh, oh, like yeah, a deathcore yeah. band and then they moved into yeah i don't know like idm inspired death metal and then they went to orchestral yep. then it became more electronic <laughs> more poppy and then the last album that they released was a trip hop slash ambient slash meditation album. And the one before that was like trap, pop, and metal. And the new one is like, a, I don't know, the fucking Doom soundtrack, but with triplet flows in the lyrics and stuff. Like, I'd like that they've stopped doing huge albums and focused more on like individual releases that all have their own aesthetic, but still very much yeah. sound like yeah. something that they would make and it's it sort of slots in with the way that people consume music now anyway because the, yeah. the album yeah. while not dead it is certainly on live support because of the way uh, yeah, people are right. listening to music now you just listen to singles that you put in your own playlists you know so, it, so in, yeah. on some level it just feels like a bit of a waste of time to focus your, your, your all your effort uh, effort on making an album once every two years or something when people will just yeah. pick yeah. the one or two songs that they like and throw that into a yeah. playlist anyway. Then you might as well make singles and EPs because that makes it easier for people to pick it up and, and put it in their Definitely. own rotation. Definitely. I think, I think um, that's probably the direction I will go with my electronic stuff. Um, I doubt I will ever make uh, an ambient electronic album again. Right. Well, it's certainly not in the foreseeable future um, for the reasons that we just discussed about, you know, being more consumable and things like that. But I think I will still make ambient albums um, because for me, that's a body of work. Yeah. And that, the whilst I like each individual track to have its own flow, I love... I I love to I would love to create another album that had 
its own flow again and and people could sit down and for yeah. i don't know 50 minutes I, I an hour think, and, and, and have that experience it's is like an exemption to everything that we have just said because ambient, yeah. people yeah. who listen to ambient music like as a, as fans they then they don't really want like a, a five or six minute track uh, they, they want an album so yeah i think yeah. that's a genre that is sort of safe yep. from this like change in the music <laughs> industry yeah i think I, yeah i think i think you're right um but yeah, we'll, we'll. I mean, we'll we'll see um, if I if I kind of uh, manage to get another uh, wave of of inspiration enough for an ambient album in soon. I, I hope I do. Mm. Um, but uh, for the moment, I'm quite content with exploring, you know, the kind of electronic stuff for singles to keep something, you know, that on the the back burner but um just to have something to release because i really i really like having a project to with the mindset of releasing it like i'm like this is what the track i'm going to be released is going to be this is that this is the artwork this is the aesthetic that i want right and like it it, it drives me I, I love having the actual music you know the logic session and mixing it and that's one aspect of it but if in the back of my mind i know that I want the artwork to look like this and I want the the whole aesthetic of this release to feel like this. That really, that just like ignites the fire inside even more just to finish yeah. it. Um, so you don't get that so much when you write ambient because it's a long it's process. A slow at least it is for one, me. Yeah. It's a long, yeah, <laughs> it's a long process and mixing ambient is like, I mean, you could sit there, honestly, you can sit there and tweak how loud the bass is for like, a week and you're like does it really matter you know oh i've got four bases here i've got i've got my guitar on octaves i've got just like a sub you know like like a just a sign sub i've got this other pad and i'm like god just just end it just <laughs> it, it carries the track just end it you're fine you know but but for me with electronic stuff i'm 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 I can finish that a lot quicker than I can the ambient stuff. Um, really, I'm like the something. other way around. Yeah, like I, I, I can I can bang out like a decently sized and, and decently complex <laughs> ambient track in like five six hours, but I'll I'll I'll, I, I'll sit on like an electronic track for about a year <laughs> before I consider well, I think, it finished. I think, <laughs> I think maybe when I say finish, I mean happy with like the sound design. Right. Sometimes I listen to my ambient music and I'm like. Is this just noise? <laughs> like, is, is does this does, does this make me feel anything anymore? Like is it is this pad just like distorted and like hurts my ears, or have I just listened to it too much? Right. You know, I don't know. That that's kind of where I get with my ambient stuff. I'm like, am I just like, have I just lost the plot with this? Is this just is this drone just really like boring, <laughs> or are people going to hear like the ten layers that are in it? Or you know, so I think that's where I psych myself out a little bit with the ambient stuff. But with the, I think with the electronic stuff, I don't care as much because I'm like I'm not an electronic producer, so let me just do what I want. Whereas I guess with my ambient stuff, I'm a little bit more like I've got more, I've got higher expectations of myself, mainly because of Cloudform. And actually, speaking of ambient um, uh, sleeping pill. Um, uh andrew climax uh radio station he's got the um asp uh what do you call it um playlist on, oh, on spotify yes. and that's, re- that's responsible solely... for a very large amount of my yes. daily plays <laughs> that that's responsible for one of my tracks being 90 something thousand plays now which is just like i mean i don't even i don't even i never thought that that would ever happen you know, I'm I'm approaching a hundred thousand plays on a drone track yeah. that I released. You know, 
on an album and no one had really heard of me. And now, you know, we're approaching a hundred thousand for, for, for commercial purposes. Don't really care. It means nothing. Don't, you know, I'm not trying to get to that no, level. It's an but, achievement all the same, but I just can't, I'm, I, I can't, I'm, I'm like, I can't comprehend it. Like I'm, I'm so shocked and like thankful that, to be honest, like he believed in my music two, two three years ago to, to, to give me a platform. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, as I was as linking to the, the thing I was saying just a moment ago about like I'm, I don't make electronic music, I don't really care. Like this having this kind of th- this name for me, sort of very 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 small in my ambient stuff, means that I I do care a lot about what I'm writing with my ambient and what the overall sound is going to be, and I do care that I want people to still or I want to still be able to elicit the same feelings that I did or have been able to. Um, with Cloudform, right. people have sent you know people have sent me emails, man, emails <laughs> to say thank you for writing this album. Like someone someone wrote me an email a couple of months, two or three months after um, I'd released it, and said something along the lines of, "This has been a daily therapeutic experience for me for the past two months. Thank you. Please, please keep writing this." I'm like, "That's awesome." You, you know what's really, I mean, what's really strange is that I don't, you know, and I don't do my main job as a doctor. You know, I would love to get more more recognition and more thanks. We all, I think, we all would. Every every single doctor would just feel a bit better about themselves if they got a bit more gratitude from people. But I don't do it specifically for that. Um, but I have never experienced that level of gratitude, re- really, on a on a re- for me on a real, real personal yeah. level um, in my work as I have receiving an, an email like that, you know, people say I work that, you know, thank you for all the hard work. Thank you for, you know, my, some of the page, some of the patients do sometimes when, you know, they've come in in a really bad way and you've kind of been this daily person they've seen for a week, for two yeah. weeks. And, you know, some of them have really serious diagnoses and all this kind of thing. Um, but again, most doctors would probably say they step into a mode as soon as they walk into the hospital, they step into some sort of mode that allows them to cope and deal and protect themselves from, all of the like basically horrendous stuff that yeah, can happen in a hospital. Definitely. Um but I'm much, much in fact I'm not at all guarded at all with my music. I'm like, people listen to my music, this is literally me. Like this is me writing music. But when I'm when I'm at work, I'm definitely a persona of myself. You ha- you know, I'm a, i have to be professional, have to act in a certain way, have to have to really think about the decisions that I'm making and of course that's all coming from inside of me. Mm. Um but it's certainly a uh a persona of myself. Yeah. Well, whereas your music my is colleague. very much you just being genuinely yes. you and being open and honest yes. with your feelings, yeah. no matter who's, yeah. who might be listening yeah. in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I'm, I'm at a stage now where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to just to, to, to write about whatever I want and release, release it. And no, I'm not self-conscious about my music really anymore. I don't think I was that much, but now I'm not, self-conscious i'm more worried about like you know is it going to be received well in the same way that like previous releases has uh, have a been, slippery as opposed slope, to though. like if you keep because of the way like how how fickle like streaming can be mm, to sort mm. of like measure your success with a project based on how many streams this got based on the or, or, or like compared to the last one I think it does a disservice to the work you put in because every single time you release something, like, and I, and I say that as someone that knows you a little bit, so you put your work and effort and your best efforts into everything that you release. 
So no, no point comparing like one no, to you're, the other. You're right. You're you're right. No, no, it's definitely you're right. It's definitely a slippery slope. Um, and I wouldn't really say that I can really compare my streaming numbers because they're because they're fairly low. But I just feel that. For example, for for example, you know, um, on my Bandcamp page um, where I released Cloudform, there's a number of really genuinely amazing comments that people have left, and I would love to have those kind of have that kind of impact on some other people again when I release an ambient right. album. Um, whether or not someone chooses to write a comment, again, you shouldn't judge your success on if someone has made a moniker on Bandcamp and like written a comment, <laughs> but like, but. But I would love to be able to feel that that's happened again. Um, I don't think it's a very healthy attitude to have um, to want this feedback mm-hmm. from people in in words. But I guess I got to have got to have it from get it from somewhere because, as I say, you don't really I don't really get it from <laughs> from my my job um, that much feedback um, on a personal level. You know, on a professional level, yes, you know, a good job today yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But on a personal level, you don't don't really get it. And actually. I mean, how much is how much should we really be uh, have that much personality in you know quote unquote at, in my job? Uh, you know? I don't know. I I, you, I, you, I remember the doctors that were fun, to be honest. So well, well that's good. I mean that's good. Um, I, I guess I'm I'm very in my own head about my job. I'm I'm incredibly self critical of it. I think you um, kind of have to be when when you work in, in <laughs> like healthcare. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, my colleagues, who some no, who are now my friends, previous colleagues I've worked with, now become my really good friends. You just have a bond, and they definitely uh, keep me a bit more uh, sane. I would say, or a lot more sane, um, and just decompressing. Um, but when I when I when I don't feel like being a sociable, or when I don't have the opportunity to be a sociable, for example, mid pandemic, um, you know, I go to music and. Everything always, everything always seems to come back to music for me. Everything, it just it just does. Yeah. I'm always thinking about it. I'm always trying to think how I can be, you know, more creative or 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 what my next project might be. Or you know, even when I'm walking to work, it will just be in the back of your my mind. And I'm sure you can absolutely oh, relate. Oh yeah, to that definitely. As well. When I'm not making music, I'm I'm listening to it. Like like I said before, like I I go through periods where I just cannot really write anything at all because no idea mm. sounds good to me but i will never stop listening to music i'll just i just won't <laughs> like, no, even no. if it kills me and to the chagrin of uh, some of my friends i'm always talking about music whenever my, one of my <laughs> best friends comes through the door I, I sit him down and then like like show him all the new music that i found this week it's it's always come back to music for me as well yeah yes yeah. I, I i think um that's a really interesting point, actually, that you, you mentioned about always talking about music, because that's something that I have sometimes been a bit disappointed with um, in generally with like my my friends in the sense that I guess actually do I'm trying to th- I don't actually have any friends that are physically in my life that are music producers. There are other people that that have that play mm-hmm. instruments, but they, but. I don't. I've never really sat down with someone who's been my friend, who's like my friend, for, you know, for a few years or years to just chat about music production. And I think I've struggled with that a bit because I've tried to explain it to my friends, and do they really care about the mix? <laughs> like, you know, it's it's my own fault for trying to like 
you know, force it upon. No, I wouldn't say force it upon them, but like be so excited. I'm just so excited about it sometimes that I talk about it. I was, but now, now I'm actually far more. Con- honestly, inside, I, I don't know whether it's maturity, growing up, whatever. I'm far more content with just like sitting in my my studio space, um, making my music, and yeah, if someone asks me about it, one of my friends, I'll absolutely talk about it. But I don't feel the need to like drone on about it anymore. Right. Um, I'm, I'm just content with, with it being a part of my life now that is constant that I can always go and, uh, you know, get into my, my own headspace in there. Uh, and right. I don't worry so much about, about wanting to justify my actions in my music. I don't know what, why I felt like I needed to do it no, in the I past. Get, I, I, um, I get what you mean. It's just for me, I... I like talking to people and I like to talk about people and talk to people about the things that, that I enjoy. Like I'm, oh, I'm yeah. very yeah. lucky that uh, my best friend knows a little bit about producing because he has done that in the past. So I can just mm. go off against him and he'll, he will sort of get what I'm getting at and he will ask questions if he doesn't. But yeah. I think like discussing the musical process and, and discussing music in, in general is um, as important to me as talking about politics is which is a very dangerous thing yeah. to bring up on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> mean, just, we'll, we'll, try, yeah. We'll, try to, we'll, we'll try to steer it as clear of that as possible. Otherwise, um, I think uh, it will get pretty heated. But, you know, I, I like talking about music and the process of making music so much. I started a fucking yeah. podcast. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, you know, which is this conversation we're having right now is like for me, incredibly interesting and i really uh, you know i love clearly i mean i love talking about music i love talking about production so to have to be invited to onto your podcast to talk about it um in in a in a in a conversational manner is is great because i, I don't do that i never do this really <laughs> i never really do this um uh, uh, you've had my number for years cool. you can always call me <laughs> <laughs> no, i know i know um i know uh but i i, I think um I think perhaps it's to my to my uh no I wouldn't say detriment but to the fact that I I think oh probably no one's really interested or you know what who who really cares about what I've got to say that that's kind of that kind mm. of thing um but uh I guess I guess there there are always people that that want to listen in some respect um so and even if they don't you know, wh- wh- it, it doesn't really it doesn't matter, really matter. You know? like, I, I don't really but, know if you know. this podcast is going to get an audience at some point and i don't really care like i'm, I'm using <laughs> this as a vehicle to talk to people i find interesting who are doing yeah. the same thing yeah. that i am doing and the exchange of, of ideas is important when you work in the arts you know yeah so, for sure for sure you know, it's strange because we've we've only collaborated on yes, one track. That was years and, ago, and my contribution and say, was very it was. Minimal, minimal because the track was as good as <laughs> done mean, when you sent it to me. Well, but yeah, it was fairly complete. But it's um, made my job very easy. I say, you know, <laughs> I was very surprised at the direction you took it in. Um, I don't, I wasn't know what I was expecting. I, re- I don't. I was expecting obviously to be decent, and it surpassed my expectations. Oh, but I you. didn't really know what to to to, to expect. Um, and you know, I didn't really, and still, I haven't really collab- truly collaborated with with someone in the sense that, like, here is my skeleton idea. This is not nothing's fleshed out. Like, take it where you want. Like, here's my drone, or here's my thing. You know, um, add something to it, and then send it back. We've 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 kept we've 
we've threatened to do this for years <laughs> with, to collaborate with you for years and we we haven't really managed to to actually do it um yeah, now it's been so recorded knows, that, maybe, we, that we no, like, exactly each other that exactly we, we have to, some we have point, to do so it. i guess now it's un- un- fucking avoidable so thanks for jinxing I, this I entire so. operation <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I think I may have done it a bit of a disservice there <laughs> yeah. to actually put it, record it for uh, the rest of time. Now um, there's but, proof, and as long as we don't that do we, it, we there's proof it. of our failure to follow up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm always. Um, if you ever want a little uh, arpeggiated synth on one of your one of your tracks, <laughs> send it over, and I'll just I'll just hold down one key and, and play with the filter cut off, and oh, there you awesome. go. Done. <laughs> I'll know where to find you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it's great. I mean, I, I love I, lo- I love talking about music, so it's a, it's a real pleasure to do Definitely, it today. Yeah. All right, so I've got one more question for you before we sure, wrap this sure. up because we've been going for an hour and fourteen minutes, I see, oh, which great. is quite long. Um, mm. So, what's next for for Czar, the project? Okay, so I would say um, the next thing that I'm trying to uh, the next body of work that I absolutely am going to release is um, the Eternity 2 EP. I released an EP last year called Eternity, which was like a dream pop, kind of retro synth-ish, not synth wave, but kind of dreamy kind of yeah. pop um, uh, record, well, EP, two tracks, with the first time that I'd ever had vocals as opposed to chopped up samples that I'd um, used, an actual vocalist I worked with. Um, and I really enjoyed like learning how to mix vocals. Um, it's a completely uh, different thing just from a synth altogether, isn't it? Really, really yeah. different. Really, you know, the whole thing, EQing, compressing, all the whole thing is very different. So that sparked my interest to want to write uh, another EP like that, and which I actually wrote the music for literally a, like a year ago, these two tracks I wrote. And for various reasons, I haven't really, didn't get around to finishing them. Uh, and actually, I'm currently working with the vocalist for the... Uh, second track first track's already done second track he's just waiting for the stem i'm just waiting for the stems for him to mm-hmm. send me them and then i'll mix it and then that will be done and then so that's going to be out at some point who knows how long master it's going to take and uploading to spotify and then at some point before the end of the year 100 percent for sure mm-hmm. um then i've got a couple of with definitely another single that i'm going to release the one that i sent you probably will release that before Etern- eternity 2 ep um and then after that I'm kind of got a bit of a blank slate um, of where where to go, so I I want to write another ambient album, and I always find that I write ambient when it's a bit more when it's kind of like autumn winter outside. I don't know. I just feel I just feel like it kind of goes with the with the weather and with the kind of overall greyness yeah. that Britain seems to have <laughs> most of the time. Um, although, as I look out my window today, it's actually. Right, it's sunshine. So, here, but we are quite close quite, quite to nice. each other. I think uh, Rotterdam, which is uh, yeah. where I live, or at least close to, is closer to the London area is than London is from Manchester. So we yeah. we, we have the exact <laughs> same weather type. People just always talk about <laughs> England being grey, but it's the exact same in my part of the country. Exactly, yeah. The only difference is it's way more windy here than it is over where you are. But that's basically yeah. it. Um, this, yeah, so I remember when we met. Actually, we would talk. We talked. You, you told me that fact, and I found it quite different. I was like, "Really? Is yes. that true?" <laughs> but but um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I would say so. Uh, yeah, after those releases, um, 
yeah blank slate and I'll, I'll try to write some ambient um I, one thing that i that i am absolutely going to do um uh which will really help my production is I, I i plan to just upgrade my 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 studio like um software mm-hmm. essentially i haven't upgraded my my mac f- since 2017 when i got it um i haven't upgraded logic since then you know you don't want any stability issues anything no, like that no especially and, not like like when you're when you're mit writing something yeah Oh, you just can't. I can't. I would. It'd be so. I've annoying. lost albums um, and, worth of stuff to, to shit oh, like no. that. Yeah, like files yeah, corrupting I, I, and I stuff. That would. That would. You know, I'd rage quit probably for like a month <laughs> yeah, or something. I know. <laughs> I've <laughs> done that. <in> the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's getting to the point now where, like, you know, I need to upgrade like Contact, uh, which anyone listening is a is a universal. Um, plugin that you use to load in all these other instruments um and I, and, and it's getting to the point where i've got instruments that won't load in the version that i've got and stuff mm. like that so i plan to do that i plan to get some solid state external hard drives and run things off that and just make things just generally a bit smoother and just uh, a bit more future proof yeah. um that's going to be a big thing and i'm i'm backing up all of my stuff but i'm going to probably have some compatibility issues when i switch so that's why i want all of the music that i've written essentially uh, to be okay with losing stuff basically right. you know so i want everything to be either got the final master backed up like a thousand times before before i upload uh, before yeah, and I upgrade, the stems and stuff um, yeah. or exactly and everything everything is kind of just like organized if i would need to go back and quickly mix something for some reason but I, I, hopefully i wouldn't have to um so i'd say that's probably in store um and then once i can load some more instruments and some more plugins and stuff i can actually get a bit more um, uh, in depth with some sound design, and who knows where that that will lead me. Yeah. Um, well, like you know, I, I have found because I, I, I upgraded my uh, my system about two years ago. I like, got a completely new computer, like top of the line mm. uh, CPU and um, a processor and stuff. Oh, those are the, those yeah. are the same yep. things, actually. <laughs> Never mind. But I <laughs> I went from from eight gigabytes of RAM to thirty two, and I thought that oh. that would future proof yep. me. And it turns out, if you've got more to work with, you start using more as well. So yes. within like oh, yeah. half a year, yeah. I was maxing out my RAM. So yeah. be careful with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I've I've got thirty two gigs in mine, and I frequently in in my electronic stuff, I have project uh, projects that have like hundred, hundred thirty yes, tracks in them, and you know you have to it maxes out the RAM, but then you can do stuff like um freezing the track where it like saves it to the hard drive but then then you're you're limited by like how quickly that the the computer can read yeah, off the hard drive exactly. so then i i have maxed out my iMac already um uh but there is something that like there's something that i really want to get into but i just i'm not brave enough to do it is like bouncing everything down to audio and mixing with that and just printing it you know i mean like right this is this is the synth this yeah, is the pad I can't do that now either. let me open like, up I don't, a step i don't want to do that because i changed I don't my mind about every single layer Same. right Same. up until i render the final master yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah me, too. I, me too i don't think i could i could deal with the regret that i will like <laughs> invariably end up feeling <laughs> if i go that route even though it saves a lot on system resources yeah it does and actually it would probably make me more efficient um rather than having to wait for like this, this everything to like load again and all this kind of stuff yeah, you'd but, have um, to like commit and to I, something and then just accept that it's it's done would. move on to the next thing yeah but i think well i think when i've watched uh or listened to podcasts of like pro- producers talking it, it or mainly mix engineers to be honest um 
they always they obviously they need if you're sending stems to a mix engineer they need audio stem you can't send them you can't send no. them a midi file and producer producers are like well it makes me commit and i'm like they're right it does it makes you commit to a sound um and i don't know if i'm quite there in my production yet to be able to say this sound is done because i do tweak it like just like you up yeah. until the end it's like a collab um, i'm doing with this uh um, the, the, this German techno producer called Ingo Vogelmann. I was on his uh, his podcast oh, yeah. a while ago. But I've been I, I was supposed to send him like stems for a collab like two months ago, and I've still not done it because I'm just not <laughs> I'm just not comfortable enough with the with yeah. what the track is like before I send it over to him. Like it, it, it's such a like a like a hard thing to get over. It's like a mental block essentially, and like. Rendering out stems and sending it through to the other person that you're collaborating with is not that much effort, but it's, I don't know, it just makes me feel uneasy. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally feel that. I totally feel that. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I don't collaborate with people that much or ever, because I'm kind of in control of what I want to do. And if I have to send the stem to someone, yeah. it's done. You know, I, it's I guess that's also why um, I, I don't really... <laughs> like let somebody else mix and master my stuff like even though i'm not really confident in my ability to do it as well as some of the other people i know i just i have difficulty giving it away or giving part of the responsibility for how the track is going to mm. sound away to somebody else even though it might end up sounding better than if i would just do it myself even even with the mastering stage would you say you don't you don't like to relinquish yes. the track even, mm-hmm. even for yeah. that, uh, it's a bit I, of a problem, I, and it's something that I need to get over at some point. But I just have have a lot of trouble just giving away any part of the responsibility for the end product to somebody mm, else. That's fair. Even that's fair. It's like a, it's like a child. Like I get it. Like it's your thing, and 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 you want ultimate control yeah. over it. Um, but you have to kill your darlings at some I, point, you know. You just <laughs> you have do. to. <laughs> you do. You do. You do. You do. I think actually, um, I really enjoy sending my stuff off to be mastered because i'm like someone who knows what they're doing is, is gonna make this take it to make it just sound a little bit more professional um you know make make it sound as industry um compatible as possible which i i am i wouldn't even i'm not a mix engineer by any means but i've fumbled my way through it but for, i'm definitely not a mastering mm-hmm. engineer um uh again if anyone has <laughs> made it to this point in the podcast we're unsure about mastering it's the final stage where you've mixed down your final track it's in one file and you then put it in a new project and essentially try to make it match it essentially for industry loudness make it a bit usually it sound a bit bright and a bit more present and make it translatable on all different audio devices from like high grade studio to cars to phones to airpods all that yeah. kind of stuff and that's the whole thing that i have no really clue about rather than shoving a limiter on it and being like well i think it's done <laughs> i've done i've done that in the past <laughs> to be honest especially with the, the, the ambient oh, stuff yeah. I, I usually just mastered that with just um, a limiter yeah. <laughs> i mean i i quote unquote mastered my first two what you want to call them, albums but mainly because i didn't really have the funds to send it to anyone and also um i, I was a bit embarrassed to be like here's my stuff you know <laughs> yes. to an actual mastering engineer um they would take, of course, they would take the, the who wouldn't take the custom, but um, I was like, no, no, you know, until I get a bit better. And then and- Andrew Klimek, um mastered uh, Cloudform for me. He's very um, good at mastering that, and That's like his oh, bread and butter, he, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, really, you listen to the mix, 
and then you listen to the master of ambient you're like how uh, how has he done this because i do I, you know there's so there's so much information in the in the frequency spectrum so much and you know it, for me it'd be very difficult to know where to kind of start with mastering you know to what, what, what even to use what even to use you know um but yeah so i guess i guess for me um i'm happy to send my stuff off to be mastered um whatever that might be in the future i i don't know whether the next track i send off after i've upgraded will be ambient or will be uh electronic i'm not sure but i i i kind of hope i kind of hope that i that i keep churning out a few more electronic things just to keep things ticking over but, yeah, but we'll see we will we'll definitely see. see all right uh so before we uh before we end this have you got some things to plug like social media and stuff like that um yeah i would say my social media presence is very minimal um although i do i have an instagram um my handle is only czar um where i very infrequently upload uh videos or you know snippets of my music um my bandcamp page is uh czar.bandcamp.com z-a-r-r.bandcamp.com where i release everything um with you can see the full album artwork you can see you can read about um the stuff behind it the meaning the message all, all the kind of if you're actually interested in 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 consuming it as a as a quote-unquote piece of art then i guess that's that's the best place to do that but the most consumable place the most accessible place for sure is spotify if you just type in z a double r with uh, a full stop afterwards you 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 should find me i've got i think i've got enough plays that it comes up now <laughs> as like number one <laughs> without there's one other artist actually called oh, really? czar without a full stop yeah yeah i mean he's he, he's got a, i think a couple of things on spotify but um Weirdly, it's kind of like ambient electronic as well. It kind of um, <laughs> message him uh, see if you can do so, a collab, I, like confuse people. Yeah. But yeah, I, I once googled myself um, on YouTube and was like, "Hang on a minute, what's this?" Um, but yeah, so I would say Instagram, Bandcamp, Spotify are the three places that um, should you wish wish to check out my music, then those are good places right. to start. I'll, uh, I will collect those links and put them in the description of the podcast as well. If you, Thank uh, you very much. If you could not hear any of that for some reason, you want uh, something to read. All right. Um, thank you, Kamal, for coming on the podcast. It was a, I really thank enjoyed it. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it's been really interesting. It's been really fun to, uh, to have a proper in-depth chat. And um, yeah, I really, really appreciate you, me, uh, you having me on oh, as one of your guests. I, I thought you could like bring some perspective to the table, and I was uh, completely right in that. So yeah, uh, thank you for uh, for coming on, and thank you for listening as well. Um, again, all the socials will go are going to be in the description down below, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>